preparing. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Be Real podcast. I am your host, Michelle, and I'm so excited for our next guest. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, please give us a big round of applause for Marissa. Marissa, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. It is super cool to even be a part of something like this. Like, I feel like a lot of topics that are based around addiction and recovery get overlooked because people just kind of blame you're the blame the person like you decided to do drugs you decided to do this and they don't really give the recognition for the hard work that goes along with being in recovery no you're right and I think you know addiction is one of those topics that people forget to talk about and so before we dive into that let's tell our listeners a little about yourself you know do you have any favorite hobbies any music you like to listen to Okay, so I am from Central California, so kind of beachy area. We, I kind of love to walk, um, do little bits of art here and there. I crochet. Um, I am fully involved in my company um, that I work for. It's called Lavelle, and the products they sell are called Thrive, and it is just a nutritional um a nutritional regimen that kind of fills in your nutritional gaps and like promotes gut health and just all around wellness and like being fully balanced. So having that in my life has definitely been the biggest hobby as of late, just trying to keep up and like showing how excited I am because I am, it's awesome. And then nothing really. I just am a homebody. I like to be at home. I like to hang out with my boyfriend. Um, I work for my family at our restaurant in Paso Robles and it's kind of what I do. <laughs> you know, as you know, we're going through this wonderful pandemic. I sometimes make a joke about it to help with my PTSD. As how has it impacted you mentally? Have has it has it been better for you to with your recovery process? Has it helped you? Has it made you want to just scream? I mean, how how has the <laughs> pandemic changed your life in the past few months? To be honest, it has affected me a lot differently than you'd expect. I feel fully comfortable um, being just locked in because for so long, that's all I wanted to do. And everybody was like, why don't you go out? Why don't you go meet friends? Why don't you do this? And it's like, I just wanted to stay in my little bubble and just kind of figure myself out. And so now that the pandemic has happened, it's just given me time to reflect and find better ways to put my energies and my thoughts and just trying to be well-rounded, I guess, and like figuring out, well, why did I get so upset? Is it because of something that has come up before or, you know, just actually having time to myself and not being like, felt like I'm looked down on for not wanting to be so social, like every other 21 year old girl should be like, it's just nice to not feel judged, I suppose. Do you think when we go back to normalcy, as, as some people call it, it's going to be better for you since you've had this time to reflect, or do you think it's going to be an adjustment for you? Um, I mean, now that I have time to kind of just sort out my, my thoughts, really, I think that I might have a little bit easier time adjusting back into like normal, normal things and people inviting you out, but it's definitely going to be a hard change at first because... I've just grown to love it. Like 
I don't like, I see everybody getting so upset and like, I understand there's a lot of people that just can't handle being by themselves. They need to express themselves and have an audience, but not so much through the phone, but being how I am, I feel like it's going to be maybe a step backward, but I'm ready to just face it head on. When it comes to um, addiction and recovery, what are some tools that you can provide those that are in the process of recovery, kind of still, you know, I'm, I'm not an addict, I'm okay, I, I only need one more pill, I, I can do this. Yeah, it's, I feel like the tool that I used was finding something to do with myself. Like, people think it's weird, but finding little things to play with that instead of going out and getting high, just staying home and finicking with yarn. I actually got into crocheting because I just got into a rut where I felt like I am not doing anything right. I'm not doing anything with my life. I don't understand what's going on around me and I just wanna go get high. But instead I spent the money that I would have to go get drugs on $60 worth of yarn. And I've just been making, making hats and little things like that, but it's, ate up a lot of time to where I would just be sitting dwelling on every little thing that's bothering me at that moment. What made you, what was the point in your life that you said, okay, it's, it's time for me to recover. It's time for me to let go of, of this part of my life. Um, it was actually 4th of July of 2018. Um, I was with a really really terrible person. He was in and out of jail, just not the kind of person that you would expect to have a happy life with. And I was just so far gone in my, my world. I had just lost my grandfather and just the traumatic stress of losing my sister really young to cancer was just, it pushed me over the edge. So I stayed with this guy. Um, he ended up stealing my car. Um, getting arrested my car was impounded and I woke up the next morning with nothing my everything he took everything from me my money my phone just basically my whole life at that point was just gone and so I went into work and I met my my fiance at this point um I just really needed the help I needed somebody to really comfort me in that time and Ryan was there for me and we spent the next two weeks just really getting to know each other. And I was still doing a bunch of drugs at the time. And he basically was like, I want to be happy with you. I want to make you happy. I, but I can't live with you like this. And so I kind of made the decision to stop then and there so that I could be with somebody that I know truly cares about me. And from that point on, I just haven't done it. So I've been it was actually July 23rd is two years sober. Oh, on behalf of the Budaring Foundation, we congratulate you on that because I know it can be difficult. Uh, I've come across people that, you know, have eight years so sober and then they fall off the bandwagon and then they're two years sober, fall off the bandwagon, six months sober, fall off the bandwagon. So on behalf of myself and the entire Budaring Foundation, congratulations on two years and we will continue to be here and support you however we can through your journey. What has been the best part of the recovery process for you? 
Um, the best part of recovery process is being able to remember, um, actually being able to look back at certain moments and remembering the whole day instead of being like, hmm, I think I've been there, but I'm not quite sure and having to find pictures of maybe when you might have gone to the beach with your family or something like that. So definitely having my memory back has been honestly a lot. It's been a blessing. It really has because I just feel like the last two years I've started a whole new life and now I can just look back on it and cherish those memories and not really want to forget about them. How has, how did the addiction impact your mental health? Um, I was diagnosed with clinical depression when I was 14. Um, my sister had just died from cancer and I was going through therapy and from that point, it just kind of drifted off into where I was self-medicating drugs and alcohol. Um, just, it was really more just for fun, but it was a way to let out my feelings. If I was sad, I'd be like, oh, it's because I was drunk or something like that. I wouldn't have to face the fact that there was something really wrong there. And then my grandfather died after I graduated high school and it just amplified from there. And so like, I was just angry and sad. And so I was just wanting to not feel anything. And so I definitely numbed myself, I guess. And I just blocked out those couple years of just hardcore addiction, really. It just was an up and downhill. I was just all over the place. I would put my feelings into boys and just ended up getting hurt time and time again because I wanted to feel loved. I wanted to feel like I was cared for. And I only, I was pushing everyone away, but at the same time wanting somebody to be there and was just attracting negative energy, which was really awful. And when I got sober, I actually began to feel all of my anxieties and my depression like full on because I didn't have anywhere to put those feelings anymore. I was with somebody who loved me, so I can't blame them for making me angry. I was good with my family, so I couldn't blame them for making me sad. It was just dealing with the outer image of myself in my mind. Just, you're, you're ugly, you're fat, you're this, you're that. Like, this girl is prettier than you. Before, I would take a pill and I would just feel like I was the hottest girl in the world and then to not have that just made me want to just shrink into myself and so my anxiety got really bad and just horrible nightmares um very vivid of just like the most insignificant things of like walking in on my fiance with another woman like and just feeling so deeply that it was real that like anytime he talked to another female anytime he talked to anybody I just felt like he's going to leave me. He's going to run away from me. He just wants to go away. And like, I just started to hate myself and all of these like feelings of like rejection and um, just full judgment on outer appearance just began to really attack my brain. And so I went through like about four or five months of just straight depression, just eating everything in sight and never wanting to go out, 
keeping us inside all the time, just work and back home. And we were fighting a lot because he would want to go out. He would want to have fun and talk to other people. And I would just want to shrink away. Well, I commend you on, on how far you've come. And, you know, I know it's tough because what, no matter what challenges you're facing when it comes to your mental health, it's never easy. And, and I think even now with the pandemic, more and more people are seeing how their mental health is being impacted day to day because they have that opportunity to be home and to kind of self-reflect and kind of see, okay, this is what I need to work on right now. I didn't even know I was having this issue. So yes, it's a blessing in disguise, but it's also like, okay, I'm ready to go back out and spend time with my friends and my family and go to concerts and sports venues and things like that. Just not having me, I mean, just not having the distractions anymore to where you wake up in the morning and you just feel dull. You just don't want to get up. You want to stay in bed all day, but you have friends that, hey, come join us, come hang out with us. And so you have that distraction and not having that is like, is really impactful for a lot of people because now they have to fully, like you said, like face their problems head on and a lot of people can't handle it. And they turn, and then it comes back to round circle because a lot of people will turn to drugs and alcohol to feel better about themselves because of all of the, the issues that are arising now that you're alone. I had shared on a podcast earlier and I'll share again, I read an article and it said over the next 10 years, 75,000 people will die by suicide, opioid addiction or alcoholism as a result of COVID-19. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Those numbers are just astronomical. It makes me sad. Like, well, just I like, go ahead. No, you're good. Go for it. I even read an article with PTSD on the rise in the healthcare field because while doctors or nurses are used to seeing people die, they're not used to the number of people passing away every single day like they're seeing now as a result of the pandemic. Yeah, exactly. It's just on all around in every aspect, people are in fact like affected and it is just incredible to see how many people actually don't share how they're feeling because even with everything being so open and people accepting everybody for who they are people don't feel comfortable expressing the fact that I'm sad and I really don't know why I feel like every time I go around this person I feel these memories come up because they've hurt me in the past and I'm not sure why and it's because Honestly, it, it's different for everyone because there's really not a reason to why it all comes up. But when you're by yourself, it just, you just start to dwell. It's just you zone out and you're thinking about, well, Susie hurt my feelings this day. And now it's really bothering me because now I feel fat. So her comment makes me feel really bad. And so then you start dwelling on things that you wouldn't normally do. And so like being open with these feelings is like really important because I just had a issue the other day. Um, a long-term friend of mine, she has helped me a lot in the past. I, we got, she came to visit and she did some weird maneuvers around my boyfriend. And I held on to that for eight months. And like, that's super unhealthy when you're just pretending to be somebody's friend when you're hurt. And so finally being able to open up and tell her exactly how I felt just really fixed a lot of problems that I had with myself, honestly. And like realizing that eight months, like that's a long time. Like you shouldn't feel like this anymore. Like these insecurities should have just gone away after it happened. 
but they just don't sometimes. And so like having a source or an outlet to talk to is just so important. Oh, you're right. Support systems or some people call them teams. They're just, they're so important. And it's a key point, a key part of our journeys is having that group that we can turn to when we're at our lowest or when we want to have that drink or we want to take that pill or we want to, you know, scream at the top of our lungs. It's important to have those people that we can depend on. Right, right. So what do you do to unplug or some say self-care? Is there anything that you do to kind of help yourself, you know, get back into the swing of things? Well, when I find myself getting in like a rut where I'm just like, I don't want to do anything. I just want to lay around and just disappear. I just have gotten into the habit of, okay, you need to stand up, you need to breathe and you need to go take a shower and just re just re restart yourself all over again like every time you just wash away everything that's bothering you like all of the problems that you have the money issues the boyfriend jealousies the bigger job issues like your boss is doing this and he's not helping you out and you don't feel like your business is growing and you just feel so low just like jumping into the shower and just getting it all off of you and feeling fresh and like reverberated to do things again. And so like trying to just push yourself to move forward. And that's what I do every day. I wake up, I take my three steps in the morning for my vitamins. I take my two pills and I drink my shake and I put my patch on and I just feel like today's a new day. I'm going to conquer what I can, even if it's little, I'm going to clean my room. I'm going to do a load of laundry, just feeling good about the small accomplishments that you make throughout the day is just a lot easier for you to feel good about yourself instead of saying oh well I didn't finish making my bed or I didn't clean up all the trash but I guess I did the laundry it's like you did the laundry you at least accomplished one thing today and you finished it and you did it all the way through I always ask my guests, do you have any favorite movies, TV shows, or music that you like to listen to when when you're just wanting to relax? Honestly, which is really odd, I really like watching Naked and Afraid. I think it is so cool and, like, inspiring to see some of, like, these women go out there and just, like, survive all this time out there in the wild. Like, I think that is so awesome so I'll just sit and watch it and just be like hmm it would be cool to be like that and just kind of think about like what you possibly could do with your life and other things and like travel the world <laughs> so Naked Afraid is definitely one of my favorites um music I mean I tend to listen to everything so I'll just put on Pandora and I'll just listen to music and I'll either just like go through my phone or just sit there and just listen or I really like to drive so that's cool and I'll listen to music while I drive so it's really therapeutic in that one that sense <laughs> what about movies any movies that you're like I'm just gonna chill and watch this today hmm. honestly the Disney movie Princess and the Frog always puts me like in a really relaxed mode like if I ever want to take a nap I'll throw that movie on <laughs> 
It's actually a really good movie. It's one of my favorites. I, that yeah, one I and, know. and Frozen. Frozen 1 and Frozen 2 are my other, my other go-to movies. Besides Hamilton. I've watched Hamilton multiple times on Disney+. Plus. It's actually a really good play. I, I was wondering how, they, how it was going to be since about our founding fathers, but if you haven't seen it, I de- definitely recommend watching it. It definitely brings things into a whole new perspective when it comes to the history of, of America, that's for sure. Okay, I'll definitely check it out because that sounds really interesting. And I do have Disney Plus, so that'll be yeah. fun to watch. I mean, I'm off today, so why not? <laughs> thank, thank goodness for Disney Plus and Hulu and Netflix right now. So I think people would not be able to survive being home every single day. Because even when I work from home, I always have the TV on when I'm not on a Zoom call because I like having something in the background. Because when it's quiet, yeah. my PTSD goes into full swing and then I can't really get much done. Yeah, it sucks. I understand that one. I always have the TV on or something on some sort of like my brother's video game will be playing and I'll even be better than just being in silence because then I just start randomly thinking of just junk. So it's nice to have that like background noise to just kind of tune into when you're thinking to yourself. Now, are are you one that kind of is watches what you eat and then every once in a while we'll have a reward day or some called a cheat day or do you kind of just balance it between how you're feeling from day to day um it really depends from day to day like I've really been trying not to but like if I get into I used to get into arguments with my boyfriend sometimes and like instantly would just go back to like what I had stopped doing like I stopped eating a bunch of like carbs and breads and stuff like that and then instantly just went and ordered like a bunch of food from McDonald's and just binged eat and so lately I've been trying not to eat with my feelings instead just talking them out or at least writing them down so that I'm not just eating an entire bag of chips but like I tend to just eat when I get really really hungry because then I don't feel like I need to like minimalize what I'm eating so I we've been I've been fasting with my dad so I won't really eat in the mornings but like around noon or one o'clock I'll have lunch and then won't eat past like nine o'clock yeah I'm the same way I try to watch what I eat except when I'm having one of those days peanut butter M&Ms and popcorn are my go-to put the peanut butter M&Ms in the popcorn and snack and so and m&ms and popcorn are just really good i've always loved that combo it's just yeah. perfect <laughs> the sweet and the salty it's like okay i'm ready to go what's next on my day today <laughs> yes exactly do you journal a lot or do you just journal when you're having one of those days where you're like okay my mind's all over the place i just need a moment to kind of write down what i'm feeling i tend to bottle my feelings a lot and so I will actually get distracted like I will be dwelling on something and then I'll be like okay I need to stop and then I'll get distracted with cleaning up or like going to do something and so like that feeling just gets suppressed and then it'll be a buildup of a couple of days and until finally I just feel like I can't handle it anymore and so then I'll write my feelings out so maybe like I've gotten a lot better actually I haven't really had to do that in a couple weeks so going strong (laughs) So for people that are struggling with addiction and as we share, keep using excuses, what's one, what's some advice that you would give them from your own personal experience on how to say and how to ask for help and say, okay, I'm ready. Can someone help me get to the next step? What 
my in my experience it was more so just literally there isn't any easing into it and so like when you're actually ready and you've come to that conclusion in your mind where you're like I'm done then that needs to be the stopping point if you really want to succeed in your recovery and it's not like I'm saying that this is what you have to do but this is what worked for me and it worked for a couple other people is literally just cutting everything off stop surrounding yourself with the friends that you once had because in reality they're not your friends they won't message you later when they when you they find out that you're sober so you should just cut everything off and so what I did is I deleted my snapchat I took off thousands of followers off my Instagram I defriended a bunch of people on Facebook and just kind of smallened my circle to just me and my family so that there wasn't really any outside influence of hey do you want to come out and smoke or hey do you want to come out and like have a couple drinks it's like I wasn't friends with them anymore and that was it just completely secluding yourself until you feel like you're able to comfortably talk to certain people again because you can't judge everyone for their their choices in doing drugs that you can't you can't be that overbearing thing. Like I'm sober now, like you need to stop too. It's like people are going to need to come to that choice for themselves because you've seen it time and time again, you try to force somebody into recovery and they're just going to fight you kicking and screaming. So just being able to, like I said, cut everything off and then coming to a point in your life where you're saying, I'm ready to talk to these people again, whether they're still doing drugs or not. I'm going to give them my little tidbits of advice and I'm going to go on my way. I'm not going to hold on to these relationships any longer because they're bad for me. Did you use any particular like resources, any organizations, any outpatient services during your journey or did you do it all with support systems and, you know, you sticking to some type of plan? I did it all on my own because I felt and the beginning was really hard because I didn't feel validated in my addiction. I, was, I wasn't just on one drug, it was everything. And so I didn't feel like I could claim to be an addict and so I felt ashamed. And so I just kind of did it all on my own. But eventually being able to reach out and talk to people and tell your story and exactly how you feel and how you felt throughout that time was definitely helpful. And so, for those who actually go to like out like outpatient things um i've heard a lot of good things but i just haven't experienced any of that what was the hardest part when you first shared your story for the first time um hearing it come out of my own mouth um using reference stories to things that i did or pictures that showed up later on the internet or certain scenarios that at the time were just haha, no big deal, but actually hearing what came out of my mouth and like hearing how ugly it was, um, was definitely like heartbreaking. And I definitely like after sharing for the first time, I didn't share for a while after. I just, it almost sent me back into a loop again because I just felt ashamed all over. So you kind of put the brakes on things for a little bit so you were ready again to, to, to start that journey of, of being an advocate for recovery and saying, okay, here's my story and here's how I can help. 
It definitely didn't start till very recently. I would say the last couple months because of me finding Thrive and being able to experience the actual good side effects that comes with being over like all around balanced in your body. Um, I gained over 70 pounds throughout my two years with Ryan and just felt so low in my self-esteem and just felt ugly and gross. And in the beginning of June, I actually got up and my back gave out. Um, I felt like I was having a heart attack. Um, the pain was wrapping around my ribs. I couldn't breathe. Um, I went to the hospital and then actually had to go to a back specialist and found out that I have four herniated discs in my lower back because of a car accident I was involved in a couple years back. Um, and so after about like 13 or 14 days of just sitting in bed, eating and feeling worthless and just constantly on pain medication, I just took a leap and put all the money that I had mustered up into buying a month's supply of my product and have just felt comfortable enough to like look back on my life and saying that that was not me anymore like I am a new person I'm starting new I'm young I have time on my side and to just keep looking forward to stop looking back like I just was constantly like baby step baby step and then like turning back and it's like no like you need to take a leap and you need to stop looking back because the back is erased you're right. We, we, we always tend to go backwards when we hit those rough spots, but we have to keep yeah. moving forward. And a little side note, I actually had back surgery in 2018, and it was actually not as bad as I thought it was going to be. They only did two small incisions in my back and one on the side of me because my L4, L5 was broken. So oh, they wow. went in and fixed it. So now I call myself the bionic woman. And it was, I was only in the hospital for two days. That's how, oh, that's wow. how amazing the new surgery procedures are now, two days. And a walk you, for a week. Did you ever get any injections in your back at all? Or was it just straight to surgery? Right, because he said either do injections and then six months from now you're going to have the surgery or just skip the injections and do the surgery because my my bones were literally like this going back and forth because they were broken. There was nothing in the middle holding them together. So oh, it was pointless for me to have the injections. Yeah. So it was a two and a half hour procedure in the hospital two days a walker a week and then good as new awesome that's yeah. really insightful because that's my option right now is to either get injections or to do surgery and I was just scared because I am only 22 I don't know if I'm ready for that but at the same time I don't want to spend too long and make it worse right so I mean, I'm going to have to have another surgery, they said possibly in a year or two, because my L5S1 is also broken, but it's not to the point where it needs to be fixed yet. So that's yeah. why I'd rather do, the, if, I would rather do the surgeries and get it done than do the injections, because I hear cortisone is not easy to feel like you're off of. So that's what I've heard from some people. Some people said it doesn't impact them. And so I tend to stay away from all that type of stuff with my PTSD, because I want to be able to experience my feelings which is why I'm not on anything for my PTSD because yeah. I'm worried if I ever got on anything and it impacted my 
physical health, I'd have to get off and then I had to, I'd have to experience all that emotion again. I'd rather just experience now than have it suppressed. I think that's a, like, that's a really good point too, because I've never been on medication for anything. Um, my family is all undiagnosed ADHD. They doctors have like suggested that all of us kids were on ADHD medicine and my parents just said no. Um, I've never been on anything for my anxiety or anything like that. And so um, feeling all the feelings like raw or like great, whatever it may be, is really important because being dulled for so long and then something huge happens to you, you you're off insurance or you can no longer have access to that medication anymore. You're just, it's so, it's almost detrimental and like it could really like just end somebody's will to live at that point and so like I've just always been against like those kind of medications but I mean it has helped some so I can't say I don't fully believe in it I use a lot of natural stuff I use uh, lavender epsom salt I suck my feet in it every night and it, I, it helps me sleep especially when I've had really bad episodes um, I drink a lot of green tea with honey and lemon that helps with the, you know some stuff as well I try to I try to find natural ways to kind of help with everything that's going on in life um, yeah exactly sometimes just spa day for yourself definitely will boost up your morale <laughs> even if it's at, at home spa day since we can't really go out because I know California is yeah. locked down in every way possible right now oh yeah <laughs> it's it's scary and like right now actually our my county is one of the the only counties open in California. And so all bordering counties are all closed and we're on the beach. So it, we've just been getting a lot of tourist people. Like actually just last night, um, a woman who I'm pretty sure was, um, I'm not going to say she had COVID, but she was very, very sick, um, coughing everywhere. She was like sweating and snot was dripping from her face. She came into our restaurant actually and people here are still trying to fight the, I don't want to wear a mask. And our DoorDash driver actually came in and like touched everything pretty much where she was. And so we had to like stop him, tell him not to move. And like, we like disinfected as best we could, but people are just, people just don't, you can't control everyone, but like, it's just like, stay home, right. just stay home. <laughs> Wearing a mask is hard for me. It's a trigger because um, of how some of the stuff that happened when I was raped so but I still wear one I wear it because you know, I have family members with underlying conditions and I want to protect others and protect myself but it's tough when I'm in a store I'm like can I get out of here now I just want to go home <laughs> yeah I just my thing is is like and I'm sorry to hear about that like it must be really hard for you to do that but I'm glad that you do because it is important not I mean not only is it important to just make everybody else feel comfortable, but it, it could be helping to save someone's life. But I personally do not agree with all the mask wearing all the time, but I'm not going to make a big deal about it. If it makes other people comfortable to where they don't have to get upset at me and like risk me having an anxiety attack in the middle of Walmart, I'm good with that. <laughs> So I make fun of it. I said, well, just think of it this way. If you forget to brush your teeth or you work or you eat onions or garlic, at least the smells in that area right there. <laughs> Nobody else has to smell it. <laughs> <laughs> so 
sometimes you have to make jokes out of things to kind of keep things in perspective kind of have nor- some some type of normalcy so people are like why are you joking about that because that keeps my ptsd down and that keeps things moving running smoothly being able to just kind of like funnel certain like thoughts and anxieties into a joke really does help me a lot too like I will just like pretend like I'll just be like oh I'm going crazy and like actually in my mind I'm like what the heck is going on like I really need to just focus but I'm just trying to like laugh it off and it's fine and just kind of try to find my own little bubble. <laughs> so I always ask my guests towards the end what's some advice you would give to those that are just starting their journey that are you know in it but having some trouble what's some advice you'd give to them from your own personal experience? reach out just just do it like get past all the well what if I get they tell me that I'm wrong or they tell me that just find somebody that you feel comfortable with and let it out if they don't respond to you in the way that you need them to find someone else just continue to reach out until you find the support that works for you because not everybody can go to their parents not everybody can talk to a sibling but they're close to say a friend that they have in a school or at work or this or that, like find somebody to talk to because keeping it to yourself is just going to harm you at the end. Now, that's really good advice because I know people get frustrated. They're like, you know, this doctor doesn't work. This counselor is horrible. This therapist, these people don't get it. I'm, I'm putting up the red or the white flag and I I'm, I'm calling it a day. And so I think it's important, you know, it's trial and error and even though it's mental health challenges it's trial and error we have to find what's what works best for us but at the same time we we don't give up we continue to fight the good fight exactly exactly well I appreciate you being on with us today it was so much fun uh talking to you today and and hearing your story again congratulations on two years and we'll be here cheering you guys on cheering you on as you continue your journey and when you hit year five, we'll, we'll do a special a special celebration podcast with you to, to celebrate your, your five years of, of being on the other side. So we'll, we'll get that set up in three years and hopefully the pandemic Sounds will great. be gone. Maybe, maybe you could do it live from the beach or something and we can- Yeah, right. Just yeah. wind blowing in the hair, just picture perfect. <laughs> there you go. Um, how can people find you if they you know want to reach out just to pick your brain, so to speak? What's the best way for them to get in touch um, with you? I am always on my Instagram. I'm not sure if you have an area where you can put that, but Mm -hmm. I will always respond to my Instagram and I will follow everybody back and blah, blah, blah. Um, You can add me through my Facebook. I will answer through that as well. So just that's about it. I think just Instagram and Facebook. That's all I got. What I'll do, listeners, as I will add her links to the post when we post her a podcast. Um, So when I get that up, probably next week, um, I'll have her bio and her links out there so you guys can connect and, you know, reach out. It's important. Everybody that I, I have on my podcast, you know, are incredible people. And I'm so thankful and so honored to, to, to have heard your story. And thank you for, for sharing with us today. And, you know, uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy your weekend. Listeners, stay safe out there. And we will see you guys again soon. Bye. Thank you. <laughs>